0: of the Filthy Netdecker's podcast. I'm Nate, and you can find me around the internet as Darth Heretic. I'm here with my old AF partner in podcast crime, Tony. You can find him at MTGTony, if, of course, you want to talk to someone that old. He might tell you stories about back in the day, or maybe you just try to talk to him and he'll be asleep because it's 7.30 at night and he won't respond.
1: You know, I'm not, I'm not that old. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I just, no, no, no. I just had my 40th 80th? birthday. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so maybe I am old. But you know what? We have a quick intro this week because we have two weeks of podcast to cram into this one episode. Totally my fault this time.
0: Yeah, Disney vacation seemed to plague this podcast. But no more for at least, I don't know, I'm not going back till September. I don't know when you're going back.
1: I pro- At least a year for me, probably.
0: Yeah, so a year since the
1: last time for me. <laughs> the wife will probably go before then, but I will not be going back. Yeah. For at least a year, maybe two. So, before we really get into the podcast this week, I just wanted to um, ask you guys if you, anyone feels like donating some money to um, the Cryptic Commander podcast. It's kind of like a... I don't want to say a sister podcast to us, but um, we kind of know the people that uh, do that. And their host, um, John Nose, uh, his wife just passed away on Saturday. Wow, oh, that's terrible. Kind of like out of nowhere. Oh. Um, so... Like, I don't know, it's super sad. I can't imagine if my wife passed away or Nate's wife passed away.
0: So I'd be devastated.
1: There's a GoFundMe set up for um, the family. And if you want to go to the show notes, uh, there'll be a link there. Um, it's just GoFundMe slash help the Nose family with medical expenses. Um, if you could donate something, that'd be great. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. It. Yeah, I feel real bad about that.
0: Yeah, like I said, I would be devastated. Couldn't live without my wife.
1: Uh, This week on the podcast, we have our usual FND 101, where I'm sure I'll talk Disney, and Nate will tell you all about his week without me. Uh, Then we have our quick beginner tips, where we will go over all the ways to lose a game of Magic. Then we have our top Crimson Vow cards we want to talk about. Hey, I hit Mythic this month. Did you know that, Nate? I did! I mean, I think I texted you every five minutes as I kept winning and winning and winning.
0: Not just that, Toby. You made really (laughs) high numbers in Mythic. And, dude, you really have no idea how proud I am of you. Yeah, I was number 69 for a little bit. Um, Giggity.
1: I'm still in the numbers, but I'm somewhere around like 800 or 900 right now. So Uh,
0: so you've got to keep playing or you're going to fall out, huh? Yes, yes, for sure. I need to keep winning. Mm -hmm. So I need
1: some more deck lists. Send me some good winning deck lists, people. I need a higher than 60% win rate, apparently, because that's about what I'm running right now. Mm -hmm. I owe a lot of it. Just to, like, knowing the Historic format really, really well right now, mm-hmm. I haven't played a game of Standard in weeks. I haven't, I honestly haven't seen a Crimson Vow Standard deck yet. Wow. Yeah, I have not, I haven't even touched it. Um, so, I'm really into Historic right now. I'm having a blast mm-hmm. playing it. Uh, so, I'm going to break down the top 10 decks, according to untapped.gg as quickly and as efficiently as I can. And then, if we have time, hopefully we do, we have some deck lists to go over.
0: Yeah, let's hope we have some time to talk about some deck lists today. Yeah. It's definitely like a jam-packed episode. Only one man dare give me the raspberry. <laughs> Lone Star. Is this the second time we've made that same joke? <laughs> yes, but it's still funny. I agree.
1: <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh, Filthy Deckers 101 this week. Um, I'll go first because I had a jam packed week without you. So went to Disney, obviously, uh, turned 40, uh, but Rise of the Resistance.
0: Oh, oh my word. God. I, so right.
1: I, um, I, I did the whole, uh, Star Wars land. What's it called? I forget already. Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's Edge. I did Galaxy's Edge last time, um, with my friend Ryan who works there and I got the backstage pass Ooh. with him. So it was me and him and ninety eight other cast members, and we got the whole thing placed to ourselves.
0: Just oh, a hundred awesome. of
1: us, last time. That's cool. <clears throat> oh, it was so cool! Like I rode um, the Millennium Falcon ride at least a dozen times. Wow! And there was no wait. It was just as fast as we could run back to the ride. That's oh, how. That's many cool. Times we did it, but Rise of the Resistance wasn't ready yet. Then yep. so I got to go on it this time, but only a twenty five
0: minute wait, which wasn't bad at all. That's a steal from what I've heard. Yeah, for sure. Most of the
1: time it was 180 minutes.
0: I waited about 40 minutes when I went and felt comfortable waiting that 40 minutes. Because 40 minutes was the longest I waited for any ride that week. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, we yeah. definitely waited longer than that for a couple of rides. Never waited longer than 40 minutes for any ride. But, um, like...
1: So, in the Rise of the Resistance, you walk into this one room... like. A lot of the other stuff is just a, it's a fun ride. Very Star Wars. To me, I know where you're
0: going. I know where you're going, but the very beginning of that ride is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was. You walk into, you walk onto a spaceship and then you take off in the spaceship. It's really cool. It is. And then you exit on a different planet, which was cool. From the same door. The same door that you just entered opens up. No. Yes. Yes, it is. I no. made sure. No, you open, you enter from the left side, leave from the right side. I entered from the left side and left from the left side. There Weird. was something, there was something broken in your thing. I looked, I watched a video of how the whole thing was done afterward, and the room t- spins. The we whole room just spins 360. That must, must have been broken went the then. Yeah, right. well, Maybe. That must have been broken because for me it was the same door and that blew my mind while I'm standing there. The same door I just entered from Earth. I'm now exiting oh, onto, cool. a, onto a uh, First Order starship. It was really cool.
1: Yeah, well, it was. That was super cool then because, no, for us it was definitely open, entered from the left and left to the right. Yeah. But anyway, so then we walk into this one room anyway. Things happen. You go on some cool rides, get pushed into here. Uh, and, and then you're brought into this room, and there's just stormtroopers everywhere. Like, I don't yeah.
0: know. What, how many were there? Like, 20 or 30? I think you're underestimating. <laughs> I, I That's how many stormtroopers there were, yes.
1: And so, like, I'm looking at them, and I, I'm, I'm in awe. Like, like, my jaw hit the floor, I think. If it was a cartoon, it definitely would have happened. And I'm just looking at them, like, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. Are these, like, people are these statues? Are they animatronics? And I'm like, no, they got to just be statues. So I'm like looking at one and I'm like, okay, these must just be statues. They're not people. Like I thought they were going to like all of a sudden move at the same time and like take us somewhere. Um, but I'm like, no, they're just statues. And then as soon as I say that to my wife, one of the droids turn their head, or what are they, <laughs> one of the droids, one of the stormtroopers storm turns their head and looks at me. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> mind was blown so then I turned like I realized everybody else has already left the room to go to a different part
0: of the ride to go and get I, yelled at by some first order officers where I had a
1: first order officer yelling because I hadn't moved in like five minutes or ten minutes I don't know how long mm-hmm. it was <laughs> then I turn and look and there's a TIE fighter
0: like right there Yelp. gigantic TIE fighter on the wall how
1: did I miss that when I first walked into the room I don't know then i was in even more shock
0: <laughs> they did uh, that whole ride real well huh yeah yeah they did it was it was awesome yeah
1: i out of all the rides i did like that one stuck out the most to me just being incredible no track on that ride did you notice that yeah there's a uh, that's how they're doing the newer rides
0: there's no track on it it's all computer you, where you are is all tracked by computer Yep. That that uh, droid driving your car. There was a droid actually driving your car. It might not have looked like the little droid that was right there, but there's robots. It's all computerized and robots driving that car. Yeah. I thought that was really really neat.
1: The new uh Remy's Ratatouille ride was the same way. Yeah. Yeah. What
0: park is that in? That's in uh, Epcot. Yeah, we didn't go it, over to Epcot.
1: It's over in France in Epcot. So. Yeah. That ride was fun. It was cute. But yeah, that was a brand new ride. That So Rise of the Resistance, you didn't have to get into a queue anymore for. Mm-hmm. Like you had to. Yeah. Uh, you had to with the Remy's Rider 2 ride because it was brand new. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So we did that. And that, that was a cute ride, too. That was fun. It was kind of the same thing. hmm Except instead of being on like a little spaceship, you are actually one of the mice. Yep. And so everything around you is huge. and You're going underneath different oh, parts that's of the of That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Hmm. Then we had uh, went to the Mickey's Magical Christmas Party. Okay. And so my wife spent $500 for us to be able to go to this thing. All right. I'm like, look, if it's something you want to do, that's fine. You know, keep happy wife, happy life, they say. <laughs> Honestly, besides Rise of the Resistance, best thing we did. Really? 100%. This was amazing. So um, it was at Magic Kingdom. And... It starts at 9 p.m. and goes till 1 a.m.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: It's limited to 2,000 people can buy tickets to it. And you have free reign of the park. Okay. Basically, since there's only 2,000 people, lines are non-existent. hmm And there's all sorts of like special parades and special things going on. Um, all the free snacks you want while you're there. Really? Yep, so you want ice cream or popcorn or sodas, drinks, whatever you want. All free. Help yourself. Wow. And like, like I said, no, no lines for rides. I think the longest we waited was for um, Big Thunder Mountain, and that was like a twenty minute wait.
0: Yeah, Big Thunder Mountain was fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. So everybody wanted to go do it. Mm-hmm. And then just like all the special parades that happened, and you get to see Santa Claus, which is fun. So yeah, we That's I, cool. I had a blast. I didn't think I was going to be able to stay awake till one a.m.
0: But I did. <laughs> All right. Honest question. What did you do the next day? Uh, we went back to Magic Kingdom. <laughs> what time did you get there?
1: So I, because I can't sleep in the mornings, like I'm up for work most mornings at 2 a.m.
0: Yes, but you'd also don't go to bed at one o'clock in the morning.
1: Right. It doesn't matter. I can't sleep in the mornings. I was up at 5.30 a.m. the next day. Ouch. The wife and kid woke up at like seven thirty, eight o'clock. Ugh. then we had breakfast and then we just went back to the park we were there by 9 30 10 o'clock
0: see those days end up killing me doing like we were going to do the halloween bash because we we're down there for like halloween time so we were going to do the halloween after hours bash and stay mm-hmm. till like one o'clock in the morning too but we're like we're just gonna be so beat 100 percent.
1: you should have done it if it's anything like the christmas one yeah oh yeah oh it was fantastic
0: uh, the other cool thing was people got to go in costume and I really wanted to do the Star Wars park as a Jedi but I was told I wasn't allowed to wear a costume
1: you're yeah you're not allowed to
0: normally mm-hmm.
1: but maybe during but the Halloween party the
0: Halloween party you're allowed to go in and be in costume for the Halloween party so I wanted to go in as a Jedi but then that's literally here now pack yourself a Jedi robes bring them to Disney with you on top of it
1: yep. But you know, other like other than all that stuff, I got to sit by the pool. I heard it was like tornado warnings up here where we're living, and yeah, rain. I didn't hear any
0: tornado warnings. It oh. was definitely raining though.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, a bunch of places in Massachusetts had tornado warnings. Two touchdowns yeah. in, I think, Connecticut. But wow, but yeah, no, I was sitting by the pool in uh, eighty degree weather. It was nice. Wow, yeah, came back uh, Sunday morning at like two a.m. and. My son had a huge youth candlepin pin tournament um, at 9 a.m., so <laughs> <laughs> we got a few hours of sleep and then went
0: straight there and were there until uh, 6.30 p.m. When your vacation makes you so exhausted, you need to take a vacation.
1: Uh, I could have used two more days off for sure mm-hmm. after, just to recover from everything.
0: I hear you. Yeah. So what'd you do? Well, my week was clearly not that much fun. <laughs> um actually after we recorded our podcast last i i got friends that come over we hang out on wednesdays play games one of my friends looked at my television and was like you have a T- tcl television those things are crap all they do is burn out and i'm like what do you mean this tv's great we've had it for three years it's been awesome within a week the tv broke <laughs> oh no are you kidding me i swear to you i literally was texting him Six days later, it was Tuesday night, I texted him early in the morning being like, yeah, so my TV my TV died and it's your fault. He's like, what did I do to your TV? I'm like, you said it was going to break. And yep. now it did. But thankfully, the TV is breaking at the best possible time because Black Friday deals are going all over the place. So we just had to buy ourselves oh, yeah. a brand new TV.
1: Yeah, you can get a brand new TV for like a hundred bucks. It's going to be great.
0: Yes, but for a hundred dollars, you get a TV that's going to last you three years. Yeah, so we we spent a little bit extra money, but we got a nice Sony Bravia TV now. It's bigger than the other one we had. So my my pod, what I normally do on my podcast days, instead was spent building a new entertainment center because she my wife had just bought a brand new entertainment center and then putting the new TV, putting that up against the wall. So we changed our entire living room last Wednesday.
1: <laughs> See, it's a good thing I was too busy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, because it gave me time to actually do, oh, so busy. And then uh, over the weekend, our uh, upstairs neighbor, who's also a co-worker of mine, had her friend's Thanksgiving. So we had a little friend's Thanksgiving let- over the weekend and that was fun. Yeah, nice, with some friends nice. and eat, eat a bunch of food and drink a bit. So yeah, not Sounds nearly as time. exciting, but I had fun anyway. Yep, yeah. We can't all, wait, all be in Disney for a week, so. And, and it was pre-release. I wasn't able to go to my favorite place to do pre-release.
1: <clears throat> Sorry about that.
0: But instead, I went to a different shop, and unfortunately, we had six players for the pre-release, and it made me sad. I like... 10 15 people. I like bringing someone with me to the pre-release and not playing them. Mhm. And not being like, "Yeah, you and I are going to play each other today." Really? There's six people here. Yes, the chances of you and I playing each other are very high. Yeah. And he was my last round opponent and I beat him and he did not win a single game and I kind of felt a little sad, but at the same exact time, do better, Sam. Love that you. It means boy. you didn't win. That means I would I would have not won. Exactly. No, I mean you didn't win the pre-release. I tied for second. The uh, the person I lost to ended up playing all of the big green creatures. Mm, all of okay. them. So yeah. many big green creatures. I'm like, how? All right, this one's dead. All right, this one's... There's more? And there's still more coming? Oh my God, there's still more. So many big green creatures. He won the whole thing, of course. But Of course. Two things. One, without the midnight pre-release,
1: Toy Soldier did not have nearly the number of people that they normally do. Mm-hmm. Which is terrible. So um, the good news, though, because of that, that left us with plenty of extra pre-release kits. So December 5th, we're doing a store championship nice. with the pre-release kits. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> yep. Uh, store championship. I don't know if you knew what's going to be happening for this uh, this year.
0: Do you remember? Is, is December 5th a Sunday? It is. I don't work Sundays.
1: You should come down because... Uh, I,
0: I will I will 100% be there.
1: If you win, you get the collected company that says Toy Soldier Champion emblazoned yep. on the front. Yup. And I cannot wait. I want to win that like more than oh, anything I'm else I've ever won. I'm taking it
0: from you. I'm taking it from you. No, I'm I winning. Will, I, you am are winning it I am winning
1: <laughs> I am winning this tournament. I, I've never been more confident in anything in my life. I No, do you know what's going
0: to happen, honestly, is Miles is going to come down and wipe the floor with all of us. <sighs> yeah, he'll but, give us a Christmas. Let's be honest, Miles <laughs> drafts on Arena way more than you and I do. When yeah, he that, that last pre-release, when he showed up and he was like, "Oh, I've drafted 18 times. I already know what I'm doing here." Like, oh, well, no wonder <laughs> <laughs> pre-releases aren't pre-releases anymore.
1: Yeah, he uh, he's made Mythic before in Limited. Yeah, which is so hard for me to even comprehend
0: you got to play a lot of games.
1: Yeah, you do. And you have to win a lot of games.
0: Mhm. All right. So for beginner tips this week, I had my coworker Doug look at me and say that he was playing a game on Arena was all ready to win on the next turn, knew he could swing in with his team and his opponent made it so that he had no cards in his deck and he lost and he was confused by this. That's how you lose. Yeah, I think we need to go over um Different ways to lose the game of Magic. It's not just, you know, your life total goes to zero. Your HP is gone. There are other ways to lose. There's actually, this says five official. We're going to attack on a sixth unofficial. But f- like five or six ways to lose a game of Magic. Okay, first of all,
1: I- I'm amazed that that's all there is. Like I right? would have assumed that there was more.
0: <laughs> right? But-, but no, though it's just these five or like I said, we'll add the sixth one on. Okay, well, what are they? All right, so the first one is, they have zero life. Yeah, yeah, that, that works. Makes, makes sense, right? That's the most a life common table. way to Correct. use a magic. And then the next most common way, let's face it, is they try to draw a card with no cards left in their library. Okay, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Plenty of people play uh, Milks. So the reason for this is, if you can't draw a card, you can't really do much more past this. You yeah. In my, my uh, friend Doug's case, he could have won that next turn by swinging in at his opponent, but his opponent milled him out right beforehand. It's about not this turn, but maybe you only have a few cards left in your hand. Let's say you even have seven cards left in your hand. How long is that game going to go on for? If you have yeah. seven cards in your hand, you're not drawing anything else. Eventually, it's just going to die out. So they think they put the thing on. If you can't draw a card, you lose.
1: Um, kind of funny, the reason that this rule is in there is because, um, when Richard Garfield was playtesting, they, one of the things ran out of, uh, one of the libraries ran out of cards. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, well, what does this mean? He's like, ah, uh, you lose. <laughs> 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 so, so, uh, that's why the rule is the way it is. Cause
0: his that's opponent,
1: funny. uh, did that. He's like, I don't know. I never really thought about that. Um, yeah, you, you lose.
0: just lose. You're dead now. Bye. <laughs> all right. Um, the next one is they have 10 poison counters on them. So we don't we don't see poison
1: counters all that often.
0: No, we really don't. Um the last time I think we saw it, the only time it's really in arena is on the um fang bearer there. Yeah, Finn. So that that says um anytime a creature with death touch deals damage, you get two poison counters. Yep. And then before that, it was Infect. Infect had poison characters, and before that, it was just straight poison. It dealt damage and did poison at the same time, and that was incredibly overpowered.
1: Yeah, but all the cards with it were terrible. They were like
0: th- three mana 1-1s. Well, that's because they were so ridiculously overpowered. Yeah, I guess. Number four says, they win and lose the game at the same time. Hint, You lose. I don't understand.
1: How do you, do you how do you win and lose at the same time? Is it okay? Um, so wait, I get it. Well, yeah. So say you're both at like one life, and you both lose a life. Is that what you mean?
0: No, no, that's a draw. That's not both winning and losing at the same time. That's two players losing.
1: Okay, so how about like you have um, no cards in your library, and you have something that says if you would draw a card, you both lose a life or something. I don't know. I don't understand how this
0: works. Um. Well, this rule exists just in case it's not actually possible to win and lose under the current rules with what we currently have in Magic.
1: Well, that's a stupid rule then.
0: I I don't disagree <laughs> with you at all. <laughs> okay, if you but say so. Like when I read this they lose so the game. We just making up the ga-
1: We just making up ways to lose the game? Oh, I got flareball jarbed. Oh. <laughs>
0: I got Flarble Jarped. <laughs> I guess I lose. <laughs> well, if you get Flarble jobs, you're going to lose. So there's number five. Number six is... <laughs> <laughs> actually, number five is they concede. Uh, opponent may concede at any time. That's the rule in Magic, is your opponent may concede the game at any time. Of course, there is only one time you can't actually concede the game of Magic. In response to the other player conceding? Nope, you can still concede in response. If... If you use this a card Mindslaver, or there's an emracle that allows you no. to control your opponent during their turn, you can't make your opponent concede by going, I concede.
1: You just can't. So, um, a question about the conceding thing. Yeah. If two players both want to lose, okay, but only one can lose, how do you do the stack on conceding? Is it just whoever says it
0: first? Why would two players both want to concede a game of Magic?
1: Happened to me once. We were... um... (laughs) (laughs) Of course it did! (laughs) It did. We uh, were doing a Chaos Draft at the Toy Soldier. And there was a booby prize for last place. And so I was playing for last place because my deck was just pure garbage. And me and the opponent both wanted the booby prize. We didn't know what it was, but we're like, we both want it. So he said, I concede before the game even started. And I'm like, well, no, I concede
0: in response. And they were like, we don't know how this works. (laughs) So the judge would come over, smack you upside the head and tell you to play a game of magic. I don't know. Yeah, that's what we did. We just played it out. Yeah.
1: But, you know, then like,
0: how do you play it? Trying to lose. Land, oh, go, we we just... land go, land go, land no, go, land go. We
1: played it out, but you know we wanted the booby prize. Which is a homelands booster pack, by the way.
0: Oh great. <laughs> Find any Homerids in there? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh and yeah. then the uh sixth on un- the sixth way that's not on here that you can lose the game is you run out of time. Yep. And yeah, this could happen sense. this could happen in an arena. This can happen on Magic Online. It can happen in a tournament.
1: Yeah, if you're down 0-1. Mm-hmm. And then you can't finish the game.
0: Yep. In the tournament, it would come down to turns, and then you would have five turns, and then at the end of that, it would be a tie. It's not like you lose at the end of that, but... Okay, yeah, that, that game would be a tie. That game would be a tie, but if you're down a game already, it's pretty much a loss. And at that point, it's does someone want to concede to the other person?
1: See, I would have thought there were more than that, but apparently that's all there is, which is cool.
0: There's a bunch of ways to win, though. Oh, I'm sure there are. There's many, many ways to win, Yeah. but only only five ways to lose. Very nice.
1: So before we get to our Crimson Valley Top Cards, I just want to remind everybody that we did start a Patreon, so for as little as $1 an episode, you could help support your favorite podcast and your favorite podcast-ers is the best way to help us. Um, you get access to our Discord. You get access to our event or deck lists that we share, our regular deck decklist that we share before the episode even comes out. Literally, you get to see everything that we talk about behind the scenes. Uh, if you were a Patreon patron right now, you could be watching us live. We do this live for everybody. And you could see our pretty faces. Oh, you could know what I look like. I might have to color in this gray in my beard. I don't know.
0: It makes you look um, distinguished. Don't do it. Okay. Sounds good. Distinguished, I mean old. <laughs> you could y- see if, him. if you were watching live, you could see him flip me off there.
1: <laughs> Which so doesn't make for great radio, means. but
0: great video.
1: Yes. Yes. For sure. For sure. For sure. So, if you want to, uh, we would really appreciate going to. Uh, patreoncom deckers and signing up. Hey, Crimson Bow Cards. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. How did you do
0: it this time? Because I know you like to mix it up. I just grabbed cards I wanted to talk about, Tony. That's all I okay. ever do is just grab cards I feel like talking about. There's one card on this list I'm only talking about it out of spite. I really? don't think it's a good. I don't think it's a good card. It just makes me upset. Hmm.
1: Okay, sounds good. Um, I picked two from each color that I want to play, and then one colorless card. Sounds good. Okay. Um, My first one up on the list, uh, we got Voice of the Blessed. This card, like, remember, I haven't actually played any Crimson Vows in Standard.
0: My number two card.
1: Really?
0: Really? My number, okay. my number, like my top, I've got like two cards that are really good that I want to talk about. This is number two.
1: Okay. So, uh, I just went alphabetically. <laughs> this happened to be the first one in white. So, gotcha. uh, Wist of the Blessed is a white, white 2-2, Spirit Cleric. Whenever you gain life, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Wait if a it minute. Has,
0: Wait a minute. What? One one colorless and a white for a 2-2. Whenever you gain life, put a plus one, plus one counter on a Johnny's Pride Mate.
1: Right, so for the same mana it's just more white,
0: it, more white. Better do something better than a Johnny's pride mate. It's all I'm saying. No, you know what? For one white, it really doesn't need to do much better than a Johnny's pride mate. Really, oh, this is a rare
1: compared to the pride mate, which is only a common.
0: Okay, all right. So
1: now, now we got to expect a little more. So it's got another line of text. You okay. ready for this one? As long as it has four or more plus one plus one counters on it, it has flying and vigilance. Do you know how easy
0: it is to put four counters on on a Johnny's pride mate? It is so incredibly easy. All it has to do is not die, basically. Super easy. Barely an inconvenience.
1: So you have a two mana six six flying vigilance. If you can gain four life, done. done. <laughs> it's so incredibly simple to me. And, to do and that. And
0: it seems great. That's a rare. That's awesome. I yeah, think that's yeah. much better at rare.
1: Yeah, me too. But you know what? Let's give it some more text, because that
0: was certainly not enough. (laughs) Because now we're questing, Beast. Keep going. What else? (laughs) Let me guess. When it gets 10 counters, it's indestructible? 10 or more plus one, plus one counters. That's that's gross. It really is. absolutely disgusting. So now
1: it's 12-12 for two mana still. Indestructible, flying, vigilance. You're not going to get by that. Yeah, no. I don't understand why it doesn't have lifelink.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That would have been great To it make itself get bigger every time? Yeah, that's gross. Mm. That would have to be a mythic at that point Yeah, no, this was This card, I've been playing this card now too And it's amazing It's just as good as I thought it was going to be Yeah, definitely The first card I want to talk about Is the one I want to talk about out of spite I don't think okay. it's good But really, they massacred my boy Oh, poor Audie <laughs> Poor Audric. He was such yeah. a good card back in the day, and now that he's got bit by a vampire, it's a one colorless, a red, or one generic, a red and a white for a three three legendary creature vampire soldier. When he enters the battlefield, you create X blood tokens where X is the number of abilities from among flying first strike, double strike, death touch, haste, hexproof, indestructible flying menace, reach, trample, and vigilance found among creatures you control. Awful. He used to be so good. Every time
1: Audric has come out it's been great. And it's had the same kind of text each time. And I think everyone expected that.
0: Yep. And it... now he just comes in and makes blood tokens for a random reason. Cause. Yeah. I, I don't like it at all. Yep. I yep. agree. That, but vital. I feel like it was something that needed to be talked about. He was the yeah. vampire. He was the character that they were talking about. They even previewed it by showing us heroes downfall. We should have known. We should have known when it was on Heroes Downfall (laughs) that it was going to be a bad card. I feel like, yeah,
1: no, you're right. Okay, you're right. I I should have thought about it like that.
0: Heroes Down, it's going to be somewhat, it's Audric, but we're not going to like him because he's now fallen down. I just
1: expected Audric was so good as a human, as a vampire,
0: he must be more powerful. And not a crap card. Not a crap bulk rare he, I sad. was thinking like he gives
1: his ability to all other
0: creatures that would be cool you he, know he, with, if so maybe it's he not to work to
1: give him flying
0: yeah maybe, if he has flying death touch haste hexproof, proof indestructible lifelink menace rage trample vigilance if he has any of those he gives everybody those that'd right. be cool that, that would be super cool and it would be on theme yeah this is terrible this is yep. a terrible Audrey. we're all sad what's your next card Tony <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, uh, next one uh, is Faithbound Judge. It's one white, white for a spirit soldier. 4-4,
0: yeah. 4-4, four,
1: four. Four, four. flying vigilance for three mana.
0: It also has defender, Tony. Oh. Okay, well,
1: I mean, I guess he blocks pretty well, but... <laughs> um, at the beginning of your upkeep, if Faithbound Judge has two or fewer judgment counters on it, put a judgment counter on it okay as long as it has three or more counters on it it can attack as though it didn't have defender so you just you just wait a few turns and it's a flying vigilance 4-4 it's a sarah angel on turn five still not bad yep not bad uh has disturbed though five white white you can flip it or cast it from your graveyard i guess
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh to make it a curse you uh, so you enchant a player at the beginning of your upkeep. Put a judgment counter on Sinner's Judgment. Then if there are three or more counters on it, Enchanted Player loses the game. Love it. Yep. I love it. I, I can't wait. I want. I want to play this in a deck. I just want to win with that. I think it'll be cool.
0: Unfortunately, there's no there's no way to sneak it on the battlefield. True. There's no way you can like you use... return enchantments to the battlefield correct anything like that to get it on into the battlefield the only way to get this card into play is to cast it for its disturb cost Hmm. interesting because it's a transform card it's a you know it's got that backside to it and because of that the only way to get that backside is to do that
1: I kind of liked it that it's not you know gonna be a super broken card correct yes it's And, just and a that's strong why I'm card. saying it
0: it's a strong yeah. card it, And for 7 mana, you better win. A 7 mana enchantment better win you the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, 7 mana after you've already had a flying 4-4 Vigilance. Nope. You can put this right into your graveyard. This can get milled into your graveyard or discarded to your graveyard so you don't actually have to play it if you don't want it.
1: No, but I'm saying, um, like, flashback and disturb costs are usually higher.
0: Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be... You know, you win the game immediately. Mm-hmm. Alright, so my next card Yes. It's Troxroll the Corrosive. Ooh, he made
1: my list too.
0: Yeah, he is so good. 7 mana for a 7-7 seven, seven Legendary Slug Horror. At the beginning of each end step, put a slime counter on each creature you don't control. Creatures you don't control get minus 1, minus 1 for each slime counter on them. Whenever a creature you don't control with a slime counter on it dies, you get a 1-1 one, one black slug. You can pay a black into blue, sacrifice a slug to draw a card.
1: I played against this card. Yep. Someone actually cast it against me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe I lost that game. Why not? Of course you're going to lose that game. Because I was I was winning the next turn. Gotcha. And I had a, a wide... Like, my board had like 30 creatures on it. Maybe not 30. Ooh. It probably had ten creatures. Okay? He ends his turn, and all of a sudden, like all my one ones died. <laughs> and all of my little creature all my other creatures that were like, you know, two twos, three threes, four four, whatever. Just shrunk. They shrunk. And I'm like, oh on. I, I can't attack into them right now. I
0: can't attack in. They have so many slugs to block with now.
1: And, and so then I, I passed the turn. And all my creatures get smaller. (laughs) Uh I'm like, I have just lost to this... And and my mind was blown. Like, I I really didn't think I was going to lose
0: at all. I pulled one of these in the pre-release. Nice. So it was in my pre-release deck. And uh, my buddy Sam pulled one in his pre-release. He pulled this card out. He paid the seven mana and dropped this card against me. And I immediately gave it minus 13, minus 13. And I died <laughs> before his turn passed. <laughs> you have to. Like, it was, if he said go, I was going to lose a couple creatures and he was getting some slugs. And I'm like, Sam, I'm sorry, dude, but I've got to do this. He's like, no! And I'm like, yeah, I got to. I'm sorry. Absolutely brutal. All uh,
1: right. My next card. This card... I did not think it was going to be as good as it is. In fact, I saw it and I was just like, oh, that's a neat card. That's powerful. Hullbreaker Horror. Five blue blue for a 7-8 Kraken Horror with Flash. This spell cannot be countered. Whenever you cast a spell, choose up to one. Return target spell you don't control to its owner's hand. Return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. I've never seen a better finisher for a blue deck. Control deck? Than, yeah. Yeah. Than this card. This card is unbelievable. Also on my list. Yeah, because it's busted. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I, I mean, I don't love it. I hated when I played against it. I want one for my uh, commander deck. I've got a mono blue commander deck, and I want it for that.
1: Oh, yeah. that would be great. Mm hmm. Yeah. Any control deck is going to be playing these. Um, I've, I've heard that it's actually replacing Alleron's Epiphany already. Well, in a couple it's, decks.
0: I know that uh, if they ban Alleron's Epiphany, everyone's going to be complaining about Hullbreaker Horror.
1: Yeah, they are. Because <laughs> this card is stupid. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I mean, I love it. I love that it's powerful, and I, I can't wait to play it. But I haven't played any cards yet from this set.
0: No no so. cards from this set at all, huh?
1: Uh Voice of the Blessed was the only one that was in one of my decks.
0: Huh, interesting. <clears throat> yeah. All right, uh, my next card is Ascendant Pack Leader. Ooh, that made my list, too. Wow, I like it. We're, we're doing good this time. I um, know. One green mana for a creature wolf 2-1. It enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it if you control a permanent with mana value four or greater. So if you play this late, it's a 3-2. if you play it early anytime you cast a spell with mana value four or greater put a plus one plus one counter on it card is like the perfect one drop for a green deck correct it's it's probably being run in all the mono green stompy lists I haven't played mono green stompy or looked but that's that's what I look at when I see this card is mono green stompy
1: um is it uh, I don't have it right up is it for power or for converted mana cost
0: mana value
1: okay Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Man value, not CMC. So converted mana cost, but yeah.
0: That's why. Uh, Stompy
1: lists usually stop at three. Now it is. Yeah. Yeah. So that way you can um Coco with like Steel Leaf
0: Champions. And... Coco is a four drop, my friend. Mana value four or greater. Okay. Just saying. Yeah.
1: Just saying. Yeah you're, yeah, you're right.
0: You're right. And Coco is it in standard. And what they're running in standard is unnatural growth at four. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you cast the unnatural growth, give this a plus one, plus one counter, double its power. True.
1: And yeah. that costs five.
0: Unnatural growth. Yeah. Maybe, but it's still yeah. a mana value four or greater.
1: Yeah. True. 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 For sure. No, you're right. Yep. Yeah. I think I. Um, I mean, I definitely think this is a top mm. card. That's why it's on my list too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I only have two red cards left. Everything else is uh multicolored. So, well, good you won't have any of the multicolored cards. But
1: I picked no multicolored cards.
0: I didn't really like yep. most of them. You didn't pick any multicolored, but I, su- I assure you, our red cards are probably the same.
1: Could be. You never know. Yes. Yeah. All right. What's your uh, next one? Uh, next blue card is overcharged amalgam. Oh yeah. Uh, two blue blue for a three three zombie horror with flash. And flying you and You love exploit. your blue flash creatures, don't you? I think I do. <laughs> Mostly because in blue, you're either holding up a counter or you have flash creatures. And I mm-hmm. think that gives you the option, if your opponent doesn't cast a spell, to actually do something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then when this one exploits a creature, counter target spell, activated ability, or triggered ability. So this is a counter spell and a flying and a creature. creature. Yep.
0: And if you don't have any other creatures to exploit, you'll exploit yourself and counter the spell. If you have to. You do what Uh you got to do.
1: Yeah, I I think this card's awesome.
0: It can be a hard counter, it can be a counter plus a creature, or it can be just a creature. It is a very diverse card.
1: And it can stifle. Don't forget,
0: Mm -hmm. it can stifle things, too. Yeah, it's not just countering a spell. It can counter activated or triggered abilities as well.
1: Yeah, like, can you imagine your opponent, like... Ultimates their planeswalker and then you're like, um, no, I'm gonna play a three three and just destroy that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna counter that. Not
0: gonna Disgusting. happen. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, I think this card's cool. My next card is uh Dothra Vengeful Victim, one white, one blue for a four four flying spirit. When it attacks or blocks, sacrifice it at the end of combat. Isn't that Dorothy? dorotha There's no Y at the end. No, I know. I thought it was E A right is that dorothy i it anytime
1: is i EA. see e, ea i assume it's like meat and
0: feet <laughs> i've i never read it at the end and think that maybe in the middle i you're, it's Dor- you're probably a hundred percent right could it be dorothea
1: but it definitely isn't dora whatever you said it could be dorothea okay i'm gonna go with dorothy because that's the way i pronounced it
0: sure so, the backside is Dorothy's Retribution, which is an enchanted creature that says, enchanted creature has, when this creature attacks, create a 4-4 white spirit creature token with flying that's tapped and attacking, sacrifice it at the end of combat. Wow, so that's like Geist of St. Traft? It is Geist of St. Draft's ability as an enchantment for the same cost as Geist of St. Draft. The only thing you're missing is the hexproof, but it starts okay. off as the 4-4 flying that attacks and sacrifices and then makes it so you can put that on other things i think it's flavorful and i like it
1: Mm -hmm. there was another card another enchantment that did the same thing that didn't see any play yeah um but i don't i think the four four creature that it starts out as will make it worth it yeah if it was
0: just the enchantment i don't think people would do it yeah two mana for a four four flyers disgusting yeah yeah it is you can even stifle that uh, tax or block sacrifice at the end of combat trigger because that trigger will go on the stack and you can you can uh, counter it. True. And keep it around for another turn,
1: but. Or even cast Village Rights and sack it to draw two cards after mm-hmm. it's dealt damage.
0: Yep. So that's yeah, you're doing, a lot of different ways. Then you're doing black, white, and blue, but. Oh yeah, Esper it up, baby. Esper it up. <laughs> All right. What's your next card, Tony? Okay, one.
1: That I don't think anybody else thinks is a good card, but I, I think it is. A Blood Vial Purveyor. It's 2 black black for a 5-6 vampire with flying and trample. So a 4 mana, 5-6 flying trample creature. I expect drawbacks at this point. Uh, whenever an opponent casts a spell, that player creates a blood token. That is a drawback. It is a drawback, but is it that much of a drawback?
0: Like, um, allowing your opponent to... To, uh, to rummage from rummage. rummage.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, but also, when it attacks, he gets plus one, plus zero for each blood token, defending player controls. So, they either have to discard the stuff in their hand that maybe they want to keep,
0: or this mm-hmm. thing gets even bigger than the 5-6. You say that maybe they want to keep, but... I found when my opponent played this against me, I had an opponent play two of these against me in a game. So I was casting a spell and then getting two blood tokens, and they still weren't able to keep up. I was able to beat two of them. The blood tokens were only helpful to me because I'm like, oh, land? No, thank you. Thanks for these blood tokens. Oh, is this another land? No, thank you. These blood tokens are great. I ended up sacrificing a bunch Mm. just cycling through some lands out of my deck.
1: Okay. like I don't know. I haven't played with it. I haven't played Mm -hmm. against it. So just when I looked at it, it looked really powerful.
0: Yeah, I, oh, I understand. I hear you. 4 mana for a 5/6 flying trample is amazing. Yeah. Just the stat just that those stats alone are really good. Okay, here's card. The next card I want to talk about is Edgar, Charmed Groom. Legendary creature vampire noble, 2 a black and a white for a 4/4. Four, four. It's great. Other vampires mm-hmm. you control get +1/+1. Plus one, plus one. And then when he dies, you transform him and return him to the battlefield. His backside says um, he's,
1: I, back. he's got a tattoo tramp yeah. stamp
0: <laughs> <He's> got, <laughs> Edgar's got a little tramp stamp of Olivia <laughs> it says at the beginning of your upkeep create a 1-1 black and white vampire creature token with a lifelink and put a bloodline counter on Edgar Markov's coffin then if there are three or more bloodline counters on it remove those counters and transform it back to Edgar cool so when he dies, he comes right back. I ended up playing against this in the pre-release, and that minus 13, minus 13, and exile it was lovely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Made sure I never had to deal with the coffin or any of that shenaniganry, just made it gone for good.
1: Very nice.
0: Th- this is going to get played. There's going to be good black-white vampire decks that play this, right? It's a vampire lord mm-hmm. that's going to be difficult to kill.
1: Yeah, I've, I've heard this is actually a better card in um, non-vampire decks. Yeah? Yeah. Because you don't really need it to be a vampire deck. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't played it. So I'm just going by what I've heard on the I streets. have not
0: played the actual card myself. Just played against it and killed it immediately. It just looks great. And he he's the, he's the groom in the Crimson Vow. So I figured we needed to talk about him. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, my re- first red card. You yep. said we got
1: two of the same ones.
0: I said that we probably do. All right, what's your red card?
1: Mana form Hellkite. Yes, we do. Two red red for a flying four four dragon. Uh, that, whenever you that's can.
0: great. Flying four four for four mana is great. We just said yeah. the, five, the five six is amazing. That had to have drawbacks to it. This is probably not going to have any drawbacks. No, uh, because it's
1: a, a mythic. You know, mm-hmm. I, I expect I expect more, honestly, from a 4-mana, four 4-4 four, four mm-hmm. flying dragon. And you, you certainly get it. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create an XX red dragon illusion creature token with flying and haste, where X is the amount of mana spent to cast that spell. Exile that token at the beginning of the next end step. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That is cool. I like it a lot.
0: That's going to be in all of those, um, is it decks, huh? Probably. All of those, is it spell decks?
1: Oh, can you imagine casting Epiphany with this on the battlefield? Jesus. You're going to get a seven, seven with flying in haste. Oh. Yeah. You've won the oh. game at that point.
0: Yup. Exactly.
1: Um, stupid question for my judge friend. Yeah. If you <sighs> copy Alvin's Epiphany, you don't get two of them, right? No, it says cast. I'm just asking. Yep. But that's, so you but that's would, you the would get the, the two mana for like the Galvanic iteration
0: or whatever it is. If you played, if you played, let's say you cast Galvanic iteration and it says next card, you cast copy it. You'd get the, you'd get a three for the Galvanic iteration one. And then you would get, if you cast after that, all epiphany, you would get a seven for the Alarons epiphany. The trigger from the um, Galvanic blast would go on the stack copy that first spell but since it's only a cast and not a copy it would you wouldn't get the trigger this isn't like um what what did we just have i think Um, like ral zarek well i was thinking uh, i was thinking more recently um what was the strixhaven ability Mm. yeah
1: that was uh not mentor not learn I don't remember.
0: Mage, Magecraft.
1: Magecraft. Yeah, it was cast. Magecraft yep, says
0: whenever you cast or copy, you get the uh thing. All right. So the next card I want to talk about, we ju- I just talked about Edgar, so we got to talk about Olivia, Crimson Bride.
1: Oh yeah, of course.
0: I'm four sure a black and a red. Busy. Oh yeah. yeah. For a three-four. All right. She's six mana for a three-four flying haste. She's got to do something else when she attacks. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped at attacking it gains when you don't control a legendary vampire exile this creature that's disgusting it is I, that seems like fun to me too just bringing pull this out you know get this on the battlefield cheap pull it out of your graveyard cheap and start pulling other vampires you know if the card you pull out is a legendary vampire it's just on the battlefield for a while mm-hmm. because it is if it's a If it's a uh, legendary um, shapeshifter, it's also a legendary vampire. I don't know if there's very many legendary shapeshifters, but it specifically says legendary vampire, so it's not just a regular vampire or, you know, a random shapeshifter that just happens to be a vampire. I think it's cool. I think it's a very cool card. I can see some shenanigans happening with it, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Now I only have one more card left on my list we have not talked about.
1: Okay, and it's a red one, I assume? Yes. Does it start with the word Cemetery? It does. Okay, nice. Uh, Cemetery Gatekeeper, one and a red. For a 2-1 Vampire with first strike. When it enters the battlefield, exile a card from a graveyard. Whenever a player plays a land or casts a spell, if it shares a card type with the exiled card, it deals two damage to that player.
0: Yeah, this is a burn card. Yeah, it is. This reminds me a lot of Eidolon of the Great Revel. Yeah it does. Really does.
1: Okay, so say your opponent has like all the creature types in there. Which one are you taking?
0: What do you mean? Okay, so like say they have a land instant sorcery creature artifact. It depends it depends on the deck. It depends on what deck my opponent's running. I have been playing this de- I have been playing this card on the ladder. In my uh in my red deck. And it all depends on what your opponent's doing. Is your opponent on Merfolk? You're taking a creature. If your opponent on elves, you're taking a creature. If your opponent on goblins, you're taking a creature. Is your opponent on black, colorless, um, mono black, colorless big things? Maybe you're taking an artifact. Maybe you're taking a land. Maybe no. you're taking the creature that they're going to be able to blood out of the s- blood on the snow with, so they can't get that out. You play against the mystic mastery decks. You're probably going to exile. The sorcery that they're gonna get back with their Mizzix Mastery.
1: Yeah, true.
0: So that way they can't do that. It really varies from deck to deck, from scenario okay. to scenario. I had a scenario where I had two of them out against Merfolk. One was on a creature, the other one was on instant. Nice. Try to Coco me. Go ahead. Don't forget, this hits you as well, though. So creature.
1: Oh. Yes. Oh. Okay, so I didn't... creatures
0: sometimes can hurt you If you're playing a mono red deck with a bunch of creatures It can yep. sometimes hurt you But it's the same When you play Modern Burn You play Eidolon of the Great Revel Because you yep. know you're going to spend one mana to do three damage to them You might take two But you're doing three to them And every single time your three is going to be better than their two Did we have six cards that were the same? Wow <sighs> Yeah we might have The only cards we didn't have that were the same Were literally the colorless cards I talked about I mean, not the colorless, the multicolored cards I talked about. Well, I still have two. That, I
1: still have two more cards.
0: I know because we oh, talked okay. about all of mine already. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, true. That's that's what I mean. We've went through the ones I want to talk about. So, wow. The rest is all you.
1: Okay, sounds good. I've got two more left. First one is oh another green one because we already did the ascendant pack leader. Uh, the other cemetery card from green. Uh, it's one green, green for a three-four vigilance. When enters the battlefield or attacks exile a card from a graveyard, spells you cast cost one less to cast for each card type they share with cards exiled with Cemetery Prowler. Nice. Yeah. First of all, 3-4 Vigilance for three is amazing. That's
0: amazing, yes. Like, I
1: absolutely love those stats. And then, if it can make all your creatures cheaper, Mm -hmm. uh, that's cool. And it's only Mm -hmm. spells you cast, unlike the red one, which anybody, you know, plays or Mm -hmm. casts. Mm Mm-hmm so i just i think this card is going to be amazing and i I want to play a deck with it
0: i did not realize that cemetery gatekeeper and cemetery prowler were part of a cycle
1: yes yeah there there's one for each color
0: they're all super powerful yeah they're all mythics wow yeah i i kind of guess i missed that
1: no i i certainly didn't did not miss that Uh, So let's go down to the color list because I, I didn't really like any of the gold cards this time mm-hmm. for some reason. Uh, but for five mana, you can play a Dollhouse of Horrors. I got this in my uh, pre-release kit. Um, First of all, this art is amazing. <laughs> I, I love it. And, yeah. Um, yeah. You, you don't like that? With those pink stuffed whatever they are's? And the window, the with a
0: giant eyeball looking into <laughs> the them. eyeball looking into the window takes the cake for me with this artwork. Yes, yeah, just
1: like everything. I don't know, everything about it is creepy to me, and I like it. But it's all its card is also actually pretty good too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, one in tap exile a creature card from your graveyard. Create a cre- token that's a copy of the exiled card, except it's a zero-zero construct. In addition to its other types, and it has this creature gets plus one plus one for each construct you control. It has haste until end of turn. Activate only as a sorcery. Um, when I first read this, because it gains haste, I assumed then you sacrificed it at the end of the mm-hmm. turn. You, you you, don't.
0: No, no, you get to keep them. And the more, you, the more you exile, the bigger they all get.
1: Yeah, I lost a game to this card because it just started making ones every turn. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I can't stop that or that or that. And they made like a Skyclave Apparition. They made mm-hmm. other, like Enter the Battlefield stuff. I'm like, yeah, I, I can't stop this
0: let's exile the uh the voice of the blessed out of our graveyard and put it back into play it's a one one too bad oh well oh well <laughs> it's like there's so many
1: one, one. so many great things to do with this card and i think it's busted Whew! that was a long time we have been recording
0: for quite a while now which is good really have been yeah
1: an hour and 17 already nice
0: and you still want to do your whole breakdown of historic, right? I think I think we should, unless you want to put it off till next week. I think it's more relevant than deck lists, to be honest.
1: Okay, I mean, if you want to see our deck list, I'm sure we'll post them on all different social medias, and obviously they're already in our deck list channel on Discord, which is only available to patrons for as little as a dollar a week, dollar per episode, actually. So. Technically, like this month, you might only pay three bucks. Dude, we're just trying to save them money, Nate.
0: I thought it was $5 a month.
1: Is it? It's
0: $5 okay. a month.
1: $5 a month, dollar per week-ish.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's how that works. Yeah. Okay. I was going to cut this, but then you turned it into a Patreon pitch, so I kind of can't. <laughs> I mean, I could, but I'm not going <laughs> to.
1: Uh, Okay, let's do my Historic Breakdown. Yeah, because, like I said, I've been playing a lot, lot, lot of Historic over the past week. Um, And clearly you're doing something right. Yeah, I'm definitely, like, right now I feel like I'm just a little above 500, like, Mm -hmm. over the past, like, few games, um, where I continuously move up, but then every time I lose, I'm losing more ground. Because more people mm-hmm. are in Mythic. Yep. So say I go 2 and 2, and I start at 700, I'll end at like 714 or 720.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I need to start going better than... Uh, I, I am moving backwards still, so I need to do something to bring it up a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. But I'm
1: still numbered. If I still continue this pace, I will probably end up in the top 1,200, which is the awesome. the goal.
0: Yep. Have you ever made top 1,200? I have not.
1: Me this neither. will be a new one for me. Fingers crossed! I can keep doing it. I've got twelve more days, thirteen more days to just stay up there. I know it's yeah. Tough. That's a that's a long ways away. So I, I don't you, know. We'll you see. made
0: mythic early.
1: Yeah, I know. I went I went in a twenty and four run with one deck.
0: That's crazy.
1: So in a story, I know what I'm doing
0: for All sure. Right. All right. So
1: so tell us what I did was I went to Untap.gg, our oh. favorite um, data tracking. Arena website. Sponsor us. (laughs) Uh, Please do. You're our favorite. We love you. Anyway, so I looked at their top uh, Historic decks for the past week and I figured I would do a top ten and tell you all about them. As quickly and as efficiently as I can. So the number one deck is the Selesnya Squirrel Twin Deck. Yep. I'm not going to go into how exactly the deck wins because if you play Historic, you probably know what I'm talking about. When you play the, the Squirrel deck, you're going to know that they're going to because they're probably playing like a Plains on the first turn with a Soul Sister card, the Soul's Attendant, or there's a new one, Luminarch, something or other. Aspirant. No, that's Veteran. the two mana. Veteran, there you go. Uh, so they're going to play one of those two most likely, or they're going to play like a Green-White Tapped Land. And that's how you're going to know basically you're playing against them. Yep. Um, things to either watch out for if you're playing this deck or things to do if you're playing against this deck. Uh, spot removal for the Scurry Oak as soon as it comes into play. Oh yeah. Um, because it'll just win the game if you don't do something about it. Um, and then board wipes for everything else. Like that's how you beat this. That's how you lose if you're playing this deck. Um, I've seen this deck win as early as turn three and if unchecked, it usually goes to about turns four or five before they win. Mm -hmm. You don't have a lot of time. Number two deck on the uh, list. This is sorted by win rate also. Yep. So if you're looking for a good Selesnya deck, that's the one. Next one is Gruul Shamans. You'll know it's them because uh, they'll usually start with a Gruul Land and then play a War Elf. If they don't have a War Elf, then they just don't do anything on turn one. So usually just always, if you're playing against them, try to realize what... Their deck is first, and then how to play against it. That's yep. why I'm telling you what to look for when um, they play even just their first land. Um, the way to stop it is to kill a Harmonic Prodigy as soon as you can. If that thing stays out, uh, it's just doubling every effect in the deck, and you're going to lose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you want to stop them casting a Rage Forger, and if not, you got to kill it like right away. Um, that one will win. that it just kills them a couple turns later
0: if it's, it it can it, kill out you there. the same turn it comes into play if, if you've got a harmonic prodigy in play it's going to double the counters it gets put and then when it attacks mm-hmm. it's going to double that too yeah card's just gross Yeah, so just kill it right away or counter it if you can mm-hmm.
1: um this one usually wins on turns 4 through 6 ish that's what i found mm-hmm. uh the next one is the one that i went 20 and 4 with Um, it's a Mono White Humans or like a Cocoa Humans. I've seen both. Either it just splashes green for um, Collected Company or it's just the Mono White Humans. It's all Mm -hmm. the same stuff, though. Um, Almost always, you'll see a Planes into a one-drop creature. Uh, Esper Sentinel or Dauntless Bodyguard usually are
0: the two that you see. Um, People play Dauntless Bodyguard on turn one? Yes,
1: it's a 2-1. It's sometimes a 3-2 on turn two attacking. All right. Yeah, 100%. You just play it if, if that's what you yeah. have for your one drop. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Turn two, uh, you can expect either Athalia to stop you if you are a spells deck, or a Luminarch Aspirant or Athalia's Lieutenant to really start the beatdown. Um, either one of those two different ways that they can go and you can play depending on what your opponent's deck is also doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you see them play an island turn one, probably play Athalia. If you see them play a black card, (laughs) you probably want to play the Luminarch Aspirant or the Thalia's Lieutenant to try to get the damage in quickly.
0: Did you find a problem when running this deck with, um, having Thalia in it and Coco? Um, uh,
1: slightly. But then I would just put her out there to die. Like, I would attack and make it a bad attack. Let Thalia die and then cast it. Alright. Um... That's basically what I would do. Because if my opponent was trying to stop Thalia, if it was stopping them, then they're just going to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And if it's stopping them more than a Coco cast, then it's good anyway. That was the way I saw it.
0: All right. When I um, played it, there was just a couple of times where I went to Coco, and I'm like, well, I guess I have to wait till next turn to do what I want to do, because Thalia's in play.
1: Yeah, you, you just sacrifice it. You know, you you attack him. Yeah. then either they take the two damage or they kill her.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So it's a win-win.
0: I hear you. All right.
1: And then who knows? You could get another Thalia off of your Coco, too. Mm -hmm. Um, The go-wide strategy means spot removal is pretty terrible against this deck. You're not really, like, killing off a Dauntless Bodyguard, killing off the Nesper Sentinel. It's not going to do much when Mm -hmm. you get ten creatures. Uh, Board wipes are your savior against this deck wipe the board as often as you can um i've mm-hmm. seen it win between turns four and seven usually next one is Jund sacrifice um usually you can tell this one because they play a golgari land of some kind into a gilded goose a linoir elf a shambling ghast mm-hmm. any way to start the ramp happening um if you're playing a creature deck make sure you uh, are careful of the priest of the forgotten gods oh
0: yeah that thing needs to die right away oh,
1: it really does it's just so powerful
0: Especially because they can use, like, uh, the steal cards, steal your creature, and then sacrifice it to that, and now you're down two creatures. Yep. If
1: you're playing an aggro deck that, you know, starts to go wide, the Priest Mm -hmm. is going to do that. 100%. If you're playing, like, a mid-range deck, oh my god, then it just sacks two whatevers, Mm -hmm. and you're getting rid of your four mana creature that does nothing. So, kill off the Priest if you can.
0: And it, do you have a 1-1 one, one sitting over there you're going to sack instead? Nope, they're going to give that minus 1, minus 1 from the Shambling Gas. They just sacked to force you to sacrifice the big creature.
1: Yeah, it's, it's such a strong card. Uh, you just If you're not playing a creature deck, then it doesn't really matter all that much. You can just mm-hmm. leave it. Um, they're still going to get some benefit from it, but, you know. Not nearly not, as much. Not nearly nearly as much. Um, if you see a Mayhem Devil, kill it as soon as possible. If you don't, you mm-hmm. will lose the game. Plain and simple. <laughs> um, a lot of these decks are now playing Bolus Citadel. Oh. So if you have, like, an artifact, just kill spell in hand, like a Prismari command, and they're at five mana, like, on their side of the board, wait. <laughs> wait till next turn. So that
0: way yeah. your Prismari command gets value.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, sometimes you just, you're not thinking about it. You're like, I just need to get two cards, or I need to deal two damage to this thing. Just wait, because they're... Probably gonna have it if they have six mana, and
0: Ooh. then they're
1: they're gonna win that turn. Uh, this is a slower deck. You're not gonna probably win um, until like turn six through ten, at least. And they, I mean, they could go earlier with a perfect hand of Mayhem Devils and stuff, but it's not usually mm-hmm. gonna happen. Uh, next one is Jeskai Control. You'll know this one because uh, they, they usually play like the the Rogrin trial the Jeskai Triome. <laughs> you, you know, everyone knows what I mean. Um, or like it isn't land tapped because they generally don't play anything on turn one. In yeah. fact, they, they don't usually play anything for the first three turns of the game. Mm-hmm. Except maybe like a expressive iteration mm-hmm. or some sort of counterspell or something. Uh, but generally, they're not going to actually start focusing on their plan for the first three or four turns.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Graveyard removal um, is pretty good against this deck, actually. They play Torrential Gear Hulk on turn six, or anytime they have six mana, and Magma Opus, mm-hmm. like all the time. Yeah. Um. In fact, if they're on four mana,
0: they're going to probably discard the uh, Magnum Opus to get a token, drop a land, then, then Torrential play- Gear Hulk.
1: Yes. So, yeah. make sure you're aware of that, and like, and hold stuff up
0: mm-hmm.
1: for that happen, because that happens all the time. Yep. This deck's not gonna win until it like, turns ten. You know, this is definitely a later's game win. So if you can get in under it, mm-hmm. definitely do that. Next one up is Mono Green Elves. I think we all know about this deck, but um, oh, yeah. uh, you start with a forest, um, play a one drop elf. There's a million of them, so you never know. Like if they play a Land elf, it might be another deck. But if they play like Jasper Sentinel or Allosaur Shepherd, you know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm the best way to win this one is with a board wipe constantly if you have one and don't cast it and think you're going to get more value later you're going to die next turn
0: yeah that's just the way it's it happens. just it. going to blow up yeah if,
1: if you're getting a two for one with a board wipe do it
0: because mm-hmm.
1: it's probably killing off their mana creatures if you see an elvish arch
0: druid kill it immediately Did they run the other one the new one which one is that <sighs> It was well, one from to. Jumpstart that has the same exact ability as Elvish Archdruid, except it doesn't pump your team; it just taps for mana. No, not that I know of. No.
1: Usually, I see Elvish Clan Caller. I see Marwyn the Nurturer.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, yeah, that's it. I think. All right, that one's gonna win on turn four almost mm-hmm. every time. Like if you, especially if the Elvish Archdruid's out, it's it's just gonna win. Yeah. Uh, next one is Mono Red Madness. This is the number seven deck right? Wow! No, no, number six.
0: I'm surprised uh, it's that
1: high. It is a really strong deck. Oh, I guess um, it's
0: it's like Phoenix as well, right? Uh, there's no Phoenix in this deck. Really? Yep. It
1: plays the three mana Phoenix, the uh, Sunstroke Phoenix, whatever. Gotcha.
0: All right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because you can discard it and and it will just perpetually
0: play... gain. Plus and one, plus it's one. Uh, yeah.
1: Whenever you cast, like, a red spell yeah. or something. So you don't have to Bandit, worry about Roger playing. Nyx. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You don't have to worry about playing three in one turn. And you can play creatures. Mm-hmm. And it just always comes back. It's it's really good. Interesting. Um, so you'll know it's them because usually they play a mountain into a um, death. The DRC. I, don't remember the... I always just call it DRC, so I don't remember the name of it. Do you? Dragon death Rage Primal? Channeler. Dragon Rage Channeler. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> or like a Faithless Looting. Faithless Looting into the one drop madness mm-hmm. card is so good for them. So, uh, Graveyard Hate is the key against this deck. Uh, Bajoukabog is great. Uh, Graph Digger's Cage will win you these games. Uh, you wipe their graveyard a few times and they'll just concede. They, they can't do anything with a bunch of 1 1s
0: mm-hmm. that
1: do nothing. Uh, spot removal is fine. Board wipes are good later in the game, when they have three or four creatures out. And this deck I've seen win as early as turn three, but it's usually between like four and six. Yep. Next one up, number seven on the list. We got Teamer Neostorm. Storm. Um, really? This deck's, yeah. Yeah. This wow. Deck's, it's tough to uh, interact with unless you have, like, unless you're playing Jeskai. It you can't
0: interact with it. I just feel like it's very much a um, glass cannon deck.
1: It is, but if you look at the uh, like top card deck so far, Mono Reds doesn't have anything to stop it. Elves has nothing to stop it. Junk Sacrifice, nothing to stop it. Uh, mono White Humans can sort of do some stuff, I guess. Keep making things cast cost a little more. Hmm. Uh, shamans can't do anything against it. Squirrels can't do anything against it. So, the only thing you have to worry about is really counter spells or losing before it happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
1: Even if you kill their Seagate Stormcaller on turn two or turn four,
0: mm-hmm. it's, it's still getting everything.
1: So, usually you can tell because they play a Simic land on turn one. Uh, not many other decks do that, which is pretty cool just to know, like, as soon as they play that, it's probably what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, turn 2 Paradise Druid or A Wall of Blossoms is a dead giveaway, because no other deck is playing those. Uh, against this one, like I said before, Graft Digger's Cage is A++. plus plus. Bring it out. You, they, they can see it mm-hmm. on the spot. Counter spells are fantastic, because they only have, like, four cards that matter in the entire deck. Mm-hmm. And then everything happens, so if you can counter it, it's hard for them to find the next one. Spot removal board wipes are awful. Don't you're just wasting your time. Uh, taxing effects are really good, also. Uh, we'll win on turn three to five if you don't do anything. Yep, because they're gonna mulligan until they get the cards they need, and they're just gonna win. Uh, next one is mono red aggro.
0: That's my kind of deck.
1: Yep, mono one drop haste creature. That's uh, how you uh, the mountain one drop haste creature, not mono. (laughs) Um, is a well, dead giveaway usually for this. Uh, use spot removal for an Embercleave target. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then board wipe if they start going wide. The cards you have to kill are obviously Anax and Torbrin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then uh, generally you can win between turns three and five. So if you like mono red, like certain members of this podcast. Oh yeah. That's the one for you. And then number 10 is the one that I was playing before is Rakdos Goblins. Um, generally you'll know because they play either a mountain or a Rakdos Land. And do either a skirk prospector or they just pass the turn. Prospector is a must kill. Don't let them count to six and cast a Muxus. Counter spells are great. Board wipes before Muxus comes out are great. Mm-hmm. If you don't act, um, if you don't interact with them, you just need to beat them first. You don't have to interact mm-hmm. as long as and you, you can... kill them quick. Yeah, because generally, they, generally they're going to win, but around like four to seven on turn. Mm-hmm. So. Um, If you can beat them before that, great. If not, then you need to uh, interact. Yep. And that's my top ten decks according to Untapped.gg. Sounds good.
0: So deck list this week. Tony, you made Mythic. I did, I did. With what? So,
1: um, mostly two different decks. Um, I was on vacation and... Um, the mono white humans with cocoa. Yep. I went on a 20 and four streak. I started diamond four, got all the way one pip away from mythic in diamond one and started losing, like going below 500. Yep. So I'm like, I got to switch it up. So anyway, the, the mono white, uh, deck, basically mono white. Um, it's just the humans thing that I was talking about during the top 10. Mm -hmm. Um, really strong. Really like it against most of the decks. It has a lot of trouble against graveyard stuff. And, like, Dragonstorm, it's fine if it can get, like, Athalia out, because that stops it. But if you don't have that, you you just die. So, yeah, it it was great, but I needed a few more wins. Mm -hmm. So I looked through, and I found, um, I went back to my colorless black deck that I like so much. I know you don't like it at all. But, and um, went on like a, I don't know, 10 and 2 streak to not only hit Mythic, um, pretty handily. And then I went up all the way to number 69 on the list. Nice. Yeah, it was super nice. And then um, have backtracked since then. But I was number 69 at one point. It's the highest Most you've point. ever been on the ladder, huh? Highest I have ever been. I know you've been higher, but...
0: Part of me never wants to get higher than 69 on the ladder. <laughs> so you're saying you know? I've achieved I've achieved perfection already? <laughs> Unless it's number one. It's yeah. either number one, number 69, or maybe like number 420 on the ladder. Like those are where you want to hit.
1: Yep, 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 of course. Um, I did beat number four the other day too with my colorless black deck. You I sent a you a picture the, of that. I sent yep. you a screenshot of that, yep. It was against I Am The Walrus or something like that. I Am Walrus. who could chew Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I looked him up afterward. Because <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I wonder if he has like a Twitter account. And yeah, of course he does. Yeah. And uh, um, he, he said how he was going to make number one that day. I'm like, nah, no, nah. nah. <laughs> Got not, <him. laughs> when, not when number 400 brings you down. <laughs> I don't even think I was 400. I think it was like 600 or something then. <laughs> Um, so the mono black deck is great because in Mythic right now, there's like an enchantment deck going around with solemnity and nine lives. Yep. And this deck just laughs at it. It is so bad against a uh, Yugen. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. They play nine lives and then you ha ha. And they're like, what? you play
0: Yugen the next turn. And and, minus, the and then you're like, oh, look at that. You've died.
1: I win the game. What do you know? <laughs> I had them play a nine lives. Um, before they played solemnity and I had a blast zone. Yeah. So I just put the blast zone to three and then sacrifice it the next turn. <laughs> so they, they lose. Oh, yep. Yep. Uh, blast zone against that deck is great because so many of their things cost two or three. So mm-hmm. you just do that and you win. It's, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, those are my two deck lists. Um, I'll post them around so you can see them again. Uh, done really well I'm really happy with my started playing scary oak deck and was doing well with that but that's only because mm-hmm. it's the best deck in the format it's not me
0: yeah I, I'm a fan of that scary oak deck but I've been playing standard and a little bit of historic I went on a nice run with my uh with a tour Embercleave deck
1: hey you sent me this one is this just the mono red aggro deck that i was talking it, about
0: it's a mono red aggro deck yeah My, i started going 18 and 2 with it four fervent champions four reckless ringleaders four cemetery gatekeepers gorgeous card uh yeah. four unchained berserker so protection from white protection from white yeah, just amazing. Yep. Amazing. Four Burning Tree Emissary, four Bone Crusher Giant, four Goblin Chain Whirler, four Rampaging Frostedon, two Torabrand, three Embercleave, and three Dead of the Bugbear, four of the Ruins, and 16 Mountains. You know, just your basic mono red aggro deck. And I was just kicking some butt with it. Just literally went 18 and 2. My current record with it is 25 and 13. Once I broke out of Platinum into Diamond, it flattened. <laughs> it like, I shot from, it was the middle of platinum, platinum three, bottom of platinum three to diamond and then just flattened the curve completely, completely. So I had to switch it up a bit, ended up uh, finding a clerics list. It's, I'm going to call it mono white clerics. It's, it splashes black for the Cleric of Life's Bond and Aura Skyclave Hereafant, which says if any clerics die, you get clerics back from your graveyard, which is great in board wipe situations. For sure. And, it, and this also runs the Voice of the Blessed, which gets absolutely ginormous. So I started playing this deck and went five and nine with it and went, wow, this deck isn't doing me any good. Then the next day I went to play the deck again and had a challenge to play black and white spells. So I went, well, at least I'll play this deck again. Even if I do bad, I'll play this deck again and get my challenge done. I went 17 and 5 in that run. Wow. Okay, nice. And then currently the next one I went with 6 and 7. I'm currently 28 and 21 with it for a 57% win rate but some of these games just go absolutely wild with this voice of the blessed. I Mm. had one game where I had two voice of the blessed. Both of them had 10 plus counters. My opponent had a voice of the blessed. They were gaining all sorts of life. I was gaining all sorts of life. And it literally came down to me using two pyre of heroes. Sacrifice a creature, search a library. I sacrificed my Luminarch veteran to go pull out a Skyclave Cleric and then use that Skyclave Cleric to pull out a Skyclave Apparition to (laughs) exile their big Voice of the Blessed and attack in for the win.
1: That's beautiful. But it was
0: literally having to chain together two of these Pyre of Heroes, which is a great card in this deck. Unfortunately, Skyclave Apparition is a core spirit and not a cleric, where most of the cards in your deck are clerics. Yeah. So, the two-drop Vampire Cleric of Cleric of bond cannot get you Skyclave Apparition. Your Skyclave Hmm. Cleric, which is a core cleric, can get your Skyclave Apparition because it's a core spirit. But that's about it. Oh, your Voice of the Blessed is a spirit cleric, so you can sack a Voice of the Blessed. But you don't really want to. You don't want to do that. No. You don't want (laughs) to be sacrificed. That's kind of key to winning. But you can sacrifice your... uh, Ludark Veteran to go get a Voice of the Blessed and then recast it from your graveyard from the other side. That's always fun, too. Yep, so yep. there's a bunch of little interactions like that, and then, you know, pulling a Righteous Valkyrie out of your deck is can also be fun. Ooh, that's an angel, yeah. Can... That's an Angel Cleric. So all of these things, the, the Pyre of Heroes, they all work really well together when you can get them to work. I am currently four pips away from Mythic nice okay with with mostly playing this deck got me there that 17 and 5 got me then uh, my buddy john came over and played his deck on my uh on my account because he doesn't have all the cards unlocked on his anymore so he's just been here i have his cat so he's been here on my computer playing and i'm like are you playing i came home last night and i went are you playing ranked and he goes yeah i'm like please tell me you're doing good because i was like <laughs> i was like near mythic he goes I'm three pips away. I'm like, all right, great. And then he ended up losing a bunch of games. So he put me, his record in that run was exactly even. Okay, good, 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 good. I'm sorry. It was six and five. He got me up one pip.
1: I can't believe you're cheating the system. like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I kind of wanted to make mythic before the cast today, but he ended up spending all the time playing last night and I didn't really get a chance to. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, but uh, hopefully, hopefully, I'll get it not today because if I'm on my computer today, I'm editing. Yep, but uh, the next time I play, which will probably be Friday, I'll end up making Mythic. Hopefully, maybe I'll stream it. Ooh, I didn't get to make the last stream. I streamed last week. I didn't have a podcast to edit last week, so I figured maybe I should stream. Yeah, okay, makes sense. Did you have uh, everyone show up? Uh. I got two subs. Ooh, wow. Okay. One is Warlord Wolf, who always subs anyway, so it doesn't really count. The other one's my brother-in-law, so I don't know if that counts either. But I got two of them from Way one stream, so I'm happy about that. Um, The only other deck I played, and I I haven't played this in a while. This was the second deck I played and for the for, uh, this... What's the word I'm looking for? Season. This was a turn two win deck. With Minion of the Mighty? Yes. Yeah. My God, is that fun. That is so... And Scale Up. Yep. Scale Up in Minion of the Mighty. And I'm like, oh, this is gross. Pulling out either a Terror of Mount v- Veloos or Old Gnawbone. That's fun too. Dropping yep. down an Old gnawbone, getting a bunch of treasure tokens, and then using those treasure tokens to drop out a Niv-Mizzet.
1: So I thought to myself, I, I played against this deck recently and I was playing just a, maybe a mono red deck or something. I had a deal two damage spell. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait because I'm sure they're going to infuriate infuriate and then I'll kill it, mm-hmm. you know? So they cast a scale up instead mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, perfect. So I used my, my shock to kill it. And then they gave it a plus two plus two. <laughs> for some way and then they cast their scale up you get know, the scale up resolved giant growth yeah maybe that's what it was and i'm like yeah. oh oh i just i i lose like i should have done that on my turn but i was when like they no, were no, emptied
0: no. out yeah i'm gonna, i'm gonna, make I'm them gonna use them. Their spells yeah, yeah. <laughs> what an idiot oh. like, I was so mad at myself this deck also runs on it Hmm, Fauna Shaman makes it so that if you have a Fauna Shaman in your hand, you can actually keep that hand and run this deck. You know, you could discard one of the uh, many dragons you will draw to get that Minion of the Mighty out. It also runs four Finale of Devastation. So if you get Finale of Devastation, you can also pull out the Minion of the Mighty in another way. So I found that this this used to be a just mulligan till you find Minion of the Mighty and go deck. Now mm-hmm. there's more stuff that you don't have to actually do that, and you don't win on turn two those games, but you you can put up a fight. Okay. I, I went even with this deck. I went 8 and 8 with it. So it's not like I went crazy with it. but That's still impressive
1: wind, for a stupid deck like that. For
0: a stupid deck to go 500, yes, it's very impressive, especially because there were some games where I know I mulliganed, Because I got nothing. It would be all the pump spells or all just dragons or just never what I needed to win. If I had a Fauna Shaman, I would keep it. If I had a Minion of the Mighty, I would keep it. But without those two cards, you can't really do much with this deck. So there are some games where you're just mulling it into oblivion. Yeah, that's the issue. That's Mm -hmm. why it's a dumb dumb deck. But as long as it's
1: still working, it can't be that
0: Mm -hmm. dumb. And there's no better feeling than looking at your opening hand going, I win on turn two. Mm-hmm. And then you play your creature, and they go tap the land, and you're like, woo! <laughs> all you did was play a tap land, and you lose, opponent!
1: <laughs> oh, that's a good feeling. Yep. All right. uh, just one thing before um, we wrap everything up. We just want to say uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I think this is the last time we're going to be talking to our fans until then. so Yeah. Hope you all enjoy your time with your families. I know I will. At least here in the will. States,
0: it's Thanksgiving. I know, we have some... Uh overseas listeners that are like what's thanksgiving but
1: well okay well how about next thursday you guys all just sit around with your family eat a turkey and have a good time just be with family yeah it's fun and Uh, if you're in canada you had thanksgiving last month yeah you guys already had it but you know what you can do it again you can do it on me
0: yeah no problem absolutely do Do not eat turkey off of tony
1: no don't do that (laughs) (laughs)
0: gravy everywhere
1: Uh, you can find the Filthy Netdeckers podcast on all social medias we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and everywhere you want us to be uh, you can find me at mtg underscore tony or nate at darth heretic on twitter uh, nate just talked about streaming he does that on twitch you can watch him at darth heretic mtg uh, you can find our patreon at patreon.com slash filthy net feel free to share your deck list with us it makes our jobs that much easier and i think that's
0: it we're that's done. it we're done yes we're back baby you know what's a slow process Your brain, okay, Tony? (laughs) (laughs) I mean I mean mean, you're 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 not wrong.